The Connected Families podcast is made possible by listeners like us. My name is Joy Wenling. I'm a Connected Families certified parent coach. My husband, Kyle, and I and our five girls, Hollings, Poppy, Violet, and Zayla, Sayla and Eden live on Whidbey Island, Washington. We love to connect with each other over popcorn and movies. Popcorn and movies. I hope you enjoy today's program. Hey, everybody. This is Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to the community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you're here. So, hey, I have a question for you. Has your summer break from school started? Well, I know that we have people listening from literally all over the world, over 150 countries. And I know that school schedules are really different, but one thing is the same. No matter your schedule or even the climate that you live in, getting outside is just so good for us as parents and our kids for so many reasons. I love the outdoors. I even got a new bike last year. I've already been out this year. And I know two other people who really love the outdoors too, and that is Jim and Lynn Jackson. So we are going to have a conversation today about joy and the outdoors, getting outside. Hi, Jim and Lynn. Welcome. Hey, good to be here, Stacey. Good to be here, Stacey. If it wasn't 40 degrees and blustery wind right now, we'd bike over to your house for this. I know. We only live like 15 minutes away or so. Yeah. I've known you guys for years now, and I know you love getting outside. I love getting outside. I ride a bike, but I sure would rather be on a horse. That would be my preferred way to be outside every time. What's your preferred way? You know, (laughs) I was thinking about this. My preferred way for being outside is to just get there. Uh, Like, like being outside to me is life. I have a little gizmo that Lynn got me for my phone so I can do my zoom meetings outside while I walk. And I, I look up and it makes people nuts who are on zoom meetings with me. I know Stacy, you've experienced this too. Uh, What about when you were 18 months old and you opened your window Oh my god! So you could jump out and run away to a little yeah. pond nearby. I was always escaping my parents. Literally, literally, he when I was, my parents left me with a babysitter on a Friday night, I've only heard the story. I don't remember it. It might have been two years. Well, Grandma tends to exaggerate. Well, I, if it had been eighteen months, it would have been in December, and in Minnesota, this wouldn't have happened. So I think it was. I think it was the spring of my right before I turned two in June. And anyway, I escaped from the babysitter by opening a window, dropping six feet down to the ground, and disappearing into the neighborhood. I wanted to go be where the ducks were. I had, there was a little pond three, four blocks away from our house that my parents would take me to every once in a while. And I just loved being there, you know, and they couldn't keep me away from it. And if Jimmy disappeared in the backyard while we were having a barbecue, then then we needed to walk down the street toward the duck pond because that's where he was going. Okay. And I'm sure some parents have these kind of kids, but others don't. Like if it was, if I had a choice of watching TV and going outside, I'd go outside. If I had a choice of doing chores and going outside, I'd go outside. I'd disappear. If I had a choice of doing homework and going outside, I'd go outside. That's that's my that's what I bring to this conversation is just an effusive joy about 
watching the world change and grow and morph and change. It's been raining around our house lately, and there's a little drainage creek that's become a bigger creek. It's actually a creek big enough right now you could drown in it. And uh, wow. But I love to just watch it change and grow. And what's it looking like today? And what's in it today? And and what's what's popping through the ground? And you know, so anyway, that's that's what I bring to this is just this fascination with the out of doors that I've always mm-hmm. had, and that has been so spiritually rich for me, physically rich for me, emotionally rich for me, socially rich. I mean, it just it just uh, mm-hmm. like let's get outside. Mm-hmm. I love that. And Lynn, I know you also love outdoors. So I want to hear what your preferred way of being outdoors is and what you bring to the conversation, which I think all of our listeners over time know that you bring depth of even some research that we're going to be hearing today about the benefits of outdoors. So, but start with what what's your favorite way to get outside? So I love going outside in all sorts of different forms, walking, entertaining. In the summer, we always have guests outside and Jim and I share a love of camping, which we'll share a few fun stories about that in the second half about how that was incredibly resilience building for our children. (laughs) Well, for us too. (laughs) Yes, for us too, right. But I do love the research about it because I just know the importance of this for kids' normal development as an OT. You know, there's just such sensory motor experiences outside that you can't get sitting on the couch. And so, but but we are at a real crisis with this issue of getting kids outside. Kids spend less than half the time outside that their parents did when their parents were young. And this is a really fascinating article. A government study funded in England suggests that children spend less time outdoors than prison inmates. Oh, wow. Wow. And it's, this has become more of a problem since COVID when we just sort of all hunkered down indoors. So it's really, you said, it's really kind of at a crisis point because there's so many benefits for going outside. A short leafy stroll improves memory and concentration much more than the same walk inside. Getting kids outdoors can reduce the negative effects of screen time. There's a whole article written on that topic. So it's really vital for our kids to do this, but it's harder and harder to kind of instill that value, lure them away from the screens to go do that. So Lynn, let's just start off with a kind of with a punch. Like what is the one main takeaway that you want parents to get from this podcast? And then also the accompanying blog post where I know you go in a lot deeper with the research and ideas around this idea of getting outside. What's the one main punch you want parents to hear? That it takes resilience on the part of parents and kids to get outside, but the benefits are huge physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And particularly when we help kids see God in nature, you know, Romans 1.20 says, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. Mm mom in our community who their family is determined to visit all the state parks and they're in process on that project. Um, she just state parks in the United States, state parks in Minnesota. <laughs> We're just in Minnesota. Okay. I was like, wow, that would be a lifetime. All the state parks that in our country. Yes. Okay. Wow. Drive a thousand miles this weekend to see a state park across the country. I kind of no. like the idea of national parks, all the national parks. Yeah. But she shared the blessing that this was to her family. Something that I have really loved that has come out of 
being intentional with time outside is my children's appreciation for God's creation in the big and the small. I think as a as a child, I would have thought that it was horribly boring to go on a walk and look at plants and for birds and bugs and stuff like that. But I'm so thankful that my children find that interesting. And I mean, as an adult, I do now also. And so to be able to share that with them, to to enjoy sort of what maybe some would call mundane, but really just to stand in awe of God's creation and creativity, even in the smallest things that we you know walk past every day. I'm really grateful that my children have been able to find that kind of awe and wonder in really simple everyday things like a walk in the park. That's something I'm very grateful for. Oh my gosh, I love that story. As I'm listening to it, I'm hearkening back to my grandmother who taught me to love the outdoors in this very way. And I, it, it's possible, I don't even have memories of this exactly, but it's possible that I at first thought that the outdoors was mundane. But one of my grandma's favorite hymns, we sang it as a family at her funeral, was I walk in the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses. Mm. <laughs> Walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. I'm imagining this outdoor path through the woods and the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And grandma lived this. And I think little by little, I caught it and learn to love it and learn to want to explore and make my own little paths outside. Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to put a, a measure for me, how significant what that little recording captures. A mom who feels like it was mundane at one point in her life, but has come to value. And then, but then she values it now and brings her kids along with her into it. And now they value it too. What a beautiful example we can all follow. I remember one time on a camping trip, uh, the, uh, the other couple that we're going with, she just said, I think God so enjoys watching us enjoy his creation. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me, that God enjoys us as we enjoy his creation. And it's such a beautiful, natural conversation with our kids. I just did a live with one of the coaches on social media about the rhythms of our of our life and how we can incorporate faith conversations into the rhythms that we already have. And just so how easy it is then to go on a walk and say, God is the creator of all that we see. Stop everybody. It's a Cardinal singing right now. Can you find him? Where is he? We got to look really hard. Where is he? He's up in the tree somewhere. We can hear him singing. That's God. He made that Cardinal for us. And he made this that big tree. And it's just such a beautiful, natural faith conversation with our kids at all ages. Another scripture that just is so powerful about nature, one that you can help kids see God's love for them. Psalm mm -hmm. 8 and 4 says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the mm -hmm. stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? It's like the psalmist is just going, whoa. You made all this, but yet you love me so much above everything else. And it's like, wow, what a powerful way to help kids see God's love for them. There was just a big, it, it was in national news, a great big display of the Aurora Borealis, you know, the Northern Lights. I mean, I had tons of Facebook friends making their posts and how amazing and how wonderful. And then I had others like, oh, I missed it. We were watching, you know, 
Downton Abbey or, you know, <laughs> catching up, binge watching to catch up with our friends on the latest show. You know, it's like so much regret that they didn't get out to get to see that. Well, you can't see that kind of thing if you're not out there when it happens. Sometimes we get to know that it's coming and sometimes we don't. But I love, Stacey, your thought that it's just like, man, as, we, as we're walking along the sidewalk, wherever we live, and maybe there isn't a sidewalk, maybe it's a path, woods, maybe there aren't woods. There's always stuff to notice mm-hmm. and see. And how did that, look at the little weed coming up there in the crack of the sidewalk. Where do you think that came from? How does that work? How does this happen? And mm-hmm. and those clouds up there mm-hmm. and what is that about? And how, right. what makes them rain? And you know all the things, just drawing attention to it. It has to start with us though. I mean, we've got to be We've got to be oriented this way. And that's hard. It's busy. Yeah. There's so many obligations to fulfill running here and there. So, and we um, realize that life has changed, right? So even as parents, we, we're often looking down at our device mm-hmm. and we are thinking about the notification that came in and was it, you know, my daily bank statement, you know, or was it an email from work or a text about this or that? And so we really are in our minds juggling so many things, often the entire day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just another really important point, like that we should ourselves as parents take stock a little bit. Yeah. Do I need to get outside and put my phone in my pocket and maybe not even listen to anything. That might be a little bit of a, a push, right? So that I can hear the birds and I can really just let my mind go clear, <laughs> just have space for noticing and being curious about what's around me. I think that yeah. we need to ask ourselves those questions so that we can lead our kids. Mm-hmm. to go outside and have the same experiences. Yeah, I probably I, just stepped on a few toes, didn't I? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about stepping on toes, but certainly it can be a wake-up call to, to people who aren't inclined like I am, you know. But even I get caught up in the things sometimes and the rhythms get out of control for the stuff I have to do. And I'm, you know, I got to do this and I got to take care of that. And I'm in the sandwich generation. So I got young kids who need help working on their home and a mom who's, you know, needing help on her stuff. And there's all the attention to pay to that. And then there's work stuff. And then, I mean, I catch myself getting out of rhythm. And and so when I catch it, then what do I do? I go, I'll fix that later. Or I should do something about that. You've heard us talk before about when we tell ourselves we should do something that creates Mm -hmm. a brain loop that makes it less likely that we'll do that thing. (laughs) But if we say, I want to, this is a path I want to go on and make a plan about that. Then, then when it happens, I can say, Hey, I want to go outside right now. And last fall, I was before the leaves started falling. I decided one day life was getting crazy. And I, I just made a priority. I want to go outside and I want to see if I can discern the difference in the way the wind blows through different trees. So what does it sound like when it goes through a pine tree? What does it sound like when it goes through a poplar tree? What does it sound like when it goes through an oak tree? What does it sound like when it blows past the garage or or the building? What are the different sounds the wind makes when it blows through stuff? And just being present in those moments, like the rest of the cares of the world went away and I was so refreshed. Mm-hmm. I did that because I wanted to, not because I should. If somebody had told me I should go do that right now, I'd, and I'd go to it with a half of a heart and maybe not. Well, that's it. a really, really good point, especially then that's talking to ourselves as parents and adults. But let's 
Let's transfer that to how we interact on this topic with our kids. Because Lynn, at the beginning, when I said, what's the one thing? Uh, I think you mentioned the word intentional, Mm -hmm. Um, but I know it's on your heart around this topic. So let's talk about how can we be intentional? How do we guide our kids to get outside? Let's just have a little bit of that conversation now. It really does take intentionality. The comments that we got from our community, and they were so helpful. There was a theme of parents just sort of bringing their kids into the problem solving process and the goal setting process. So there was the mom who said, we're going to visit every state park in our state. And there was another parent who was actually a book out about thousand hours outside. Quite the social media campaign that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, but there's a a parent who has been doing that and Mm -hmm. setting a goal with their kids and they keep track and they celebrate together. And they, so, you know, those might be too lofty a goals for you, but what can you problem solve with your kids, knowing the, the physical, emotional, social, and spiritual benefits of being outside? What could we set as reasonable goals for our family and brainstorming that and talking about when you do have fun outside, What is that like? And how can you grow that? It's intentionality with kids not doing something to them. You guys are going to hear in the commercial, but we do have a free ebook. I don't know if it's a full ebook or it's a bit, it's a download, a substantial download that we're offering right now. And this month is 60 ways to get your kids moving and laughing. And so if you're wondering how to be intentional and where do I start 60 ideas we have for you, and you'll hear more about that. I just wanted to add quick about the intentionality. I just told a little story about my experience. Like, tell your stories to your kids. Bring them along as you create those stories. You don't have to sit down on a piece of paper and write down a bunch of things. I'm just like, I want my kids to understand what I just experienced. And I'm going to tell them. So I'm intentional to tell them. And I'm not going to tell them so that they do what I want or so that I can get them to do this thing that they should do because I already talked about how that affects them too. It's just about effusively joyfully in in a way that works for you telling your story about what you experienced and you know if you're if you're a mild-mannered parent it may be like you know I was was walking today and I noticed and my grandmother was very mild-mannered I noticed while I was walking I, I think I counted six different kinds of bugs not yeah. a lot of excitement it's, in her voice just, but yeah. just straightforward like that just I want to tell my kids and so I do and I want to get better at giving some of the detail of what I've been seeing and noticing as I'm outside. I can remember some of the phrases that I used when we would get outside. I just breathe deep. Oh, that air feels so good inside my body. Feels so different or other times I we'd be in the house and I just say I just feel these tiny little breaths and I just feel like my brain needs some outside oxygen mm-hmm. and I would go for a walk. <clears throat> and even as I have a daughter in college now, and so the conversation's a lot more delicate, right? But how does your body feel if you went and worked out? Like, you know, sometimes our brains, we just need that break of being outside and going for a walk or going and exercising. And how does that feel? And are you feeling better? And is your brain more alive after that? And so it's just asking questions to them about how being outside helps them mm-hmm. and helps them function better later and catching it when when we feel ourselves dwindling because we haven't gotten outside. I think there is a place for letting kids know your body and brain needs outside time to balance the, the kind of the negative impacts that screens can have. 
And so what is your plan about doing that? And I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable for it. And I'll go outside with you and we'll have fun. But this this needs to happen. I mean, there's there's a place for that as well. Because there's some kids that be like, oh, great. Goodbye, mom. Go have fun. I'm going to do, 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 do. Because the dopamine doubles when kids are playing video games. So that can be tough competition if a child's brain gets kind of in that habit. I always say lead with joy. You know, your kids are likely to follow, but we can still sometimes set limits. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you real specific questions, Lynn, about that? Because I know parents are asking it. Can I just make a rule? One hour on screen time, one hour outside, or maybe just one hour outside. Like, can it just be our family rule that the kids just need to follow? Is that okay if I do that? You know, we try not to make rules about making rules. People know their individual families, and that might be just what a child needs. I have no problem with a parent telling me that, but my question to that parent will always be, well, what? how does your child perceive that rule? And what? how does it yep. feel to them? Do they see you following the rule? God gives us rules uh, ultimately for freedom, to free us into mm-hmm. his purposes. If I just say, you know what, you're on the screen too much, you got to be outside for an hour. So we're going to make a new rule and put it on the, on the refrigerator and you're going to check the box when you do it. Very unlikely to, to have your child yeah. feel good about that. Right. I'm not sure we created joy for being outside right. with that tone. Is it okay? It, it can be. It can also not be. Yeah. Again, like Lynn said, I think it's variable and you have to read what are the messages your kids are getting? What are the values being impressed upon mm-hmm. them? What example are you setting? Because that's the leader in determining what the values and you know the skills and the traits that they're going to learn is your example. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast coming up and we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking with two of our coaches around kind of family meetings. And I think that that podcast will be really a great one to pair with this because what does it look like? have a conversation with your kids about, you know, what do we want to set up? What's our family system for this? What are our family values even? And then so then you also said one other thing, Lynn, that I kind of want to talk about right before we go to the break, but you said, Hey, we'll go outside together. And it's awesome for parents to go outside with their kids. Parents maybe can't go outside every time their kids need to go outside. I want to take the pressure off of that a little bit. Like, to yeah. go outside with your kids and do it together, but yeah. it's probably not realistic that that that's going to happen every time. Oh, for sure not. It's again, it's about building a sense of joy around being outside. Maybe the parent goes out for a little while, gets kids started, throws in a little affirmation about how nice the play is, and then goes inside and does the things that they need. Yeah. And hopefully, the kids are on a roll then. Or like, I love you guys. I really need a new bouquet at the dining room table. Can you go pick flowers and bring me back a bouquet? Right, right. Set them up for joy to be outside. I love it. We're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to chat a bit around resilience, adversity, some of these deeper character traits that being outdoors builds. We'll be back in a second. Hey, friends. Heather, our social media manager, is doing some really fun things on social media this month. She has a contest for you to win prizes when you post photos of your family getting outside and letting the joy bombs flow. (laughs) I think I'm going to post a few throwbacks of when my kids were small. Well, there's links to Instagram and Facebook are in our show notes. You can get all the info there. But if you need some ideas about how to get your kids laughing, moving, and maybe outside, 
We have 60 tried, tested, and fun ideas. We have a free resource for you to get in the show notes. It's called 60 Creative Ways to Get Kids Moving and Laughing. You know, fun movement activities can go a long way toward keeping everyone sane. (laughs) This list of over 60 ideas is adapted from a comprehensive list developed by a pediatric therapy clinic. It includes activities to calm angsty kids as they also gain strength, balance, and coordination, all with a good dose of learning and laughter. Well, the document is adapted from content that we normally make available exclusively to our coaching clients. It's our free gift to you today. You can find out all about it and get the link. It's in our show notes. And also don't forget, go to our Facebook or Instagram page, post pictures of your family. It'll be really fun. We are back after our break and we're having a great conversation, really practical about being outdoors, the value of it. Lynn started with some of the science around it or the research around it, but we want to move on to also talk about just the idea of how being outdoors really grows resilience in our kids. And in the blog post that is coming out with this episode of the podcast, I'm just going to read one quote. It says, only in adversity with a purpose can our children learn to be resilient overcomers. Hmm. Lynn, would you like to comment about that? Yeah. I mean, kids can learn to sort of persevere, get through stuff, but really overcoming, they need to be drawn into a bigger purpose to inspire the the fullness of resilience. And there's science about that, that people are much more resilient when they feel like they are functioning in a purpose. And so to truly overcome, it begs us to cultivate a sense of purpose in our children, purpose for being outside, for overcoming challenges, and just knowing that this is a really good character that God would use in them as they grow. And resilience, if we needed to just define it, it's the ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. So disappointment, or we were going to do this, but now we need to do something else because things change, right? We were just in Florida. Our flight got canceled. We need to make a plan B and drive home from Florida to Minnesota. How do we deal with that as people? And so what we're saying here, what you're bringing up is that being outdoors is growing resilience. So Jim, Tell us more about how the outdoors builds resilience, our ability to adjust easily to misfortune or change. I think when we go outside, you know, we we subject ourselves to the elements, to the change. <laughs> a lot yeah. of talk about climate change. I don't want to make a statement one way or the other about all that stuff, except for to say, you know, the climate changes. We know it does. And we've made plans to go camping in beautiful weather, and it was terrible weather. We've made plans to go through a forest hike, and there's stuff over the path that fell down, you know, during a storm that makes it really, really difficult. We've gone on hikes up mountains that look from the bottom, or not mountains, but, you know, hills, and, and that look 
look from the bottom like that would be a pretty straightforward path. And you start walking up this thing and the rocks under our feet all start moving. And it turns out it's actually pretty dangerous and we got to be super careful. And it's not what we expected. When we're outside, I think we get more unexpected stuff thrown at us. And then how we deal with that, how we help our kids learn to overcome that. We have a great opportunity, whether it's digging holes in the garden and we run into rocks and instead of taking five minutes to do this, it's going to take 20 or, or whether it's, you know, some big thing about a tree falling on your roof, you know, you got to go outside and cut it down. And <laughs> there's always going to be challenges. I think mm-hmm. nature naturally throws challenges at us and adopting the kind of attitude and then the type of persistence and tenacity to get through that stuff well is what Lynn's talking about to build character and and resilience. Mm-hmm. And it helps kids to understand what resilience is and how valuable it is. So I was just praying about this podcast this morning and, and this thought came into my mind to explain it to kids. It's when you bounce back, when you run into something hard you didn't expect. And I thought you could even use balloons to explain that one that's sort of half blown up and you throw it at a wall and it goes pop and another one that's blown up nice and tight and you throw it at a wall and it bounces back. And just that visual image, then you can teach that to your kids. And then when you encounter adversity outdoors, you can say, well, what kind of balloon do we want to be here? How could we bounce back just like that Mm. balloon against the wall and have fun with it? You know, you can even just kind of teach your kids the phrase, we're either going to have fun or we're going to grow resilience. Either way, it's a win. And then helping them see how important resilience is can just be, you know, a small thing to help grow them in that Mm -hmm. character quality, knowing that you got to expect the unexpected when you go outdoors and for any length of time. Yep. Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And being outside is small little chances to experience that trouble. And then, you know, I'm sure you called on Jesus when you were out camping and you had the rainstorm and your whole family is up in the boundary waters and you have all the kids in the tent and you're thinking, oh gosh, our wonderful family vacation plans are really changing. I think you've told that story before. (laughs) We planned a trip. We had had so many trips with bad weather. Like every single day. Every single day, day after day, day, day. in in the Boundary Waters. Uh, Boundary Waters, area wilderness. It's a wilderness area. You go canoeing for three, four, five days. There's no electricity. There's no amenities. You canoe in. You you carry your stuff to the next lake. You camp. So bad weather. Rain in that circumstance and wind and icky is, uh, uh, it can be just so miserable. (laughs) And all we'd ever had was miserable. So the first camping trip our kids ever were on was like it rained the whole time. And we just were like, well... You know, we can't let we can't let this stop us. And so what can we do and how can we have fun? And we made sure we had the, you know, the nice little rain gear that they could at least stay dry. And we had a contingency. They didn't know that they weren't supposed to be having fun. (laughs) They were having a great time. So years later, we make the plan for the best statistical week of the year up in that region. And the forecast was actually looking pretty good when we went in. And then we don't have access to the forecast while we're in there. And it had been so hot and sunny that summer that. Lake Superior was ecologically out of sync. They were yeah, fish were dying and yeah. it was really bad. And it was like four degrees warmer Turtling. than it should be. First afternoon was great. And then after that, it just went 
it went bad. If the wind started to blow on one of our portages across to the next lake and it started to get cold and we're like, man, I don't know, we better uh, get across this lake and find a place. And well, we couldn't. It was so windy so fast that we couldn't canoe any further. We had to find the closest campsite that we could. And it wasn't a great campsite. And it was right in the teeth of this wind that was blowing. We thought, well, this will be fine. It'll blow through overnight. It blew for four days. Oh, no. And it's and, and near us, it snowed. Uh, that's how cold it got. And we found out after we came out from that trip that Lake Superior in just that short period of time had regained normalcy. The wind had blown and the cold air had blown. And we were in the boundary waters when it happened. And we're trying to make the best of it. And all we could lean on was, God, you're raising overcomers. <laughs> well, and I, I prayed about that one night. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be like the psalmist and complain to God, Lord, what is the deal with our weather? And I, immediately I flashed back to the kids struggling to fight to keep the canoe straight while one of them got water in the middle of this little cove where it was safe. And I felt like the Lord said, because I'm raising overcomers. Oh, that's a really good plan. (laughs) (laughs) And I shared that with the kids and it had such an impact on them. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. to just lean into those situations that are hard and go, this is really hard. And I can Mm -hmm. see you guys are really frustrated. But this is a chance mm-hmm. to just grow a little yeah. bit in being resilient and being an overcomer. Yeah. So I'm I'm just thinking of all the people listening, and I'm hearing some that are saying, and that's why we don't camp. <laughs> We're not a camping family. I hear those. Yeah. I understand. I've camped with people who don't like camping and they don't like camping. (laughs) But I also remember times where we were on a little bit of a longer bike ride and we got a flat tire and we were on the side of the path and we had adversity and we had to have some of those same conversations. And I think everyone listening knows that these kinds of times when we can just call out to the Lord and we can call on him for ideas and problem solving, and we can understand this is a chance for us to grow resilience. Those happen all the time, every week, all over. And so it's even just not outdoors, but to have that intentional thinking, what does God want to grow in all of us right now in our family? And how can I call that out even in this situation with my child or my kids? This yeah, character well, building. I, I kind of want to just caveat all of this by saying it doesn't have to be extravagant. Lynn, Lynn, you quoted a statistic that if you take a walk outside in the leaves, I forget exactly what it was, but it's like your brain, your body, everything is better than if you take the same walk indoors. If you walk the same, there's something about being outside. And we know there's good science about this, the breathing of the oxygen, the sun and the vitamin D, Mm -hmm. you know, the three-dimensional world around us that that forces us to be, like, I can walk through a mall without paying attention or or around a track, really without paying attention to what, it's really hard to do that if I'm walking on the, you know, outside in the streets, in the woods, in the park, that something different happens and it's good for us. It's really good stuff. So parents, we just suggest be intentional. And even as May, June, July, school will start in the fall, be intentional, grab that download to have 60 ideas for how to get your kids outside moving and laughing. And I just want to leave that with you today. Lynn, do you have any final comments? Um, Yeah, just think in terms of what's the just right challenge for our family? And when we've gone outside and it's kind of been fun and we've connected and how did we do that? How could we expand on that? So start from where you've got your strengths. 
what's an interest that your kids have that you could transfer to be outside? You know, just what are the simple little natural bridges that you could form to get kids outside in a way that they enjoy? So starting from where you're at, looking at your strengths and just taking the next just right challenge to get your kids more outside. Jim and Lynn, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for telling us your stories. It was fun. You yeah. too, Stacey. Yeah, we, enjoyed, we enjoyed it, even though we're inside. We're going outside now. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for tuning in today, friends. Be sure to go to the show notes and click the link to get the free resource that we are offering this month called 60 Creative Ways to Get Kids Moving and Laughing. This is a great tool to start the summer. Well, we are a listener-supported organization. Over 46,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. Well, for more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I'll see you next time.